today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast, Derek and Eric here. How you doing, Derek? I'm doing well. Let's jump right in, Eric, because we've got a lot of stories to cover. And of course, who do we always lead with? Kanye West. Kanye. Kanye. Still uh, in the wake of the controversy over his White Lives Matter shirt, uh, you might think he would backpedal, right? That's Kanye's style. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. He leans into the controversy. He is doubling down on the White Lives Matter shirt. Uh, On Wednesday, he posted a photo to his Instagram of a black sweatshirt with the White Lives Matter written on it. And he wrote, here's my latest response when people ask me why I made a tee that says White Lives Matter. They do. So he is saying, look, this is a very simple. He is now sort of acknowledging that it's a political statement of sorts. It's not yeah, just this is not people, you know, people are trying like, to defend it, saying, oh, he's making a statement about this, 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 this. No, it's what you see is what you get. Yeah, like. I mean, I was I was even doing somersaults to try to understand what his rationale was, why he didn't do a all lives matter or blue lives matter or something that was currently in the conversation, but went directly for white lives matter to, yeah. to sort of have the polarizing issue of black lives matter versus white lives matter. And he's saying, look, this is what I'm intending to say. And he also wrote um, that black ac- academics are on my side. I hate expressions like this because <laughs> what does it mean? I'm sure yeah. you could find a black academic who supports this notion, but it's sort of empty. There are you people can find who are anybody to agree with issues. anything. Exactly. It doesn't mean anything to say, academics are on my side. I don't think the lion's share of academics are on your side. I think if you spoke to most people, they would say this is needlessly provocative. And even if he, his original point was he was trying to call out, you know, the people in the in the Black Lives Matter, the official organization, there's investigations into misappropriation of funds and things. And that's a legitimate thing to, to point out. But that's not what he did. It's just not. He, he said white lives matter. And I've seen this whole debate online, you know, when people say this is a dangerous thing and this yeah. is, you know, hurtful rhetoric. The response is often like, why? Because white people don't matter. Right. That's not. It's a red herring. It's not. It's not. It's not responsive to the idea. Because so Kanye is not officially selling these shirts yet. There are some knockoffs going on eBay, which also interestingly, the eBay listings can say like Kanye Lives Matter shirt. They don't say White Lives because that would probably get flagged. Oh, interesting. Yes, Yes. Um, as as sort of white supremacy. Yeah. So that's the thing. You know, and, and Kanye, ask yourself, Kanye, if people buy this this sweatshirt, if you sold it and wore it. Who do you think's buying it, and why do you think they're wearing it? That's the question. And, and, and as an artist, you need to be aware of your artistic statement. Once it's out in the world, could be co-opted, could be worn by different people that you're not intending the message to be taken in a certain way. You lose control. And he's 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 commercializing this sentiment. Um, obviously, raised a lot of awareness because he's a huge sort of platform that he speaks from. And I don't think he thought through. That's that's the problem with Kanye. There's a lot of impulsiveness to Kanye. Yes. And I think while it's interesting for artists to sort of like challenge you and make you think about things in a different way, I don't think he was being thoughtful. That, if you're going to be sort of provocative, you have to think about what is the reception of this message going to be? Who's going to wear it? Are the right type of people laughing? I remember when Dave Chappelle like walked away from his show, he said, during filming one one, one of my segments, I was uncomfortable with the way people were laughing at my joke. It, that that dawned on him. It was becoming it something he couldn't him. control, and it was, yes. it was not something he wanted to be a part of. That's right. And so he walked away. It was very controversial, but at least it was thoughtful. It was, it was I didn't like where this was going, where my message was being taken. I don't think Kanye cares or he and if he does know that how it will be sort of co-opted or or sort of you know uh, twisted then he's maybe like malevolent (laughs) it's strange i I don't know what to make of kanye west anymore because this is beyond art this is now political provocation without any meaning (laughs) and and it's also i think you know making some assumptions about some people if somebody had this this shirt Mm -hmm. and say they were a white supremacist or you know or a white power kind of person that almost, I feel like, gives them a shield. Like, well, how can I be racist because this is Kanye's shirt? Right. 
You know, it's like that black friend kind of thing. It's like, very, I, I can do and say what I want because this is a black guy. Yeah. Obviously, that's a blanket for everything. Yeah, and, and, and to your earlier point of if he's criticizing the organization, I would have been, you know, I, I would have rolled my eyes a little bit. But if he had a shirt that said, Black Lives Matter, Corp is a scam— Okay, you want to sort of like, you know, push yeah. that narrative. I get it. There's substance to it, potentially, that the people who ran the organization did so irresponsibly and it undermined the movement. I get that. But but just splashing White Lives Matter and like throwing it out to the world as Kanye West, I think is reckless. I think that's what people are starting to see is like, and, then, and they roll their eyes and, and they tune him out at this point. You do. because And then also when he complains about Kim, like he's like, you know, I don't have any say in my children because I'm a black man. What is it? Which which which, which way are we going here? Yes, exactly. You got to pick a lane, and he just he 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 really doesn't. And I find this to be kind of a turning point for how I receive Kanye West. Now I just think of him as a pure troll, and the artistry and the the sort of meaningfulness of his life is fading. It's 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 receding because we're further and further away of the genius who dropped all of those albums and one of the most important voices, and we're left with this like shell who is just kind of cringy at this point. Yeah, you know, people talk about separating the art from the artist. Can you still enjoy the music? And, and you can. And what Kanye, nothing he's done is, you know, so egregious that it's like, oh, I can't listen to his music. Right. But as his music becomes more of these kind of statements, it's you don't want to listen to it as much. Yeah, it's like, I agree. Eh. It's sort of weighted now with, with it's freighted by who he is and uh, and who he's become in, in, in sort of the public narrative. And I find it I find it distressing. But yeah. anyway, let's let's move on to the other half yeah. of the Kanye saga is always a Kardashian. You can't, this is not actually about Kanye, but you can't mention him without the Kardashians, apparently. Courtney right. uh, Kardashian was on the uh, Not Skinny, Not Fat podcast. And uh, she says that she had an issue when when she and Travis Barker got engaged the way it was presented on the show because it was framed around Scott Disick's reaction. Sure. And not her actual engagement. And, and why was it framed that way? Because reality television is built around conflict, yeah. not around fairy tales. She knows this. Come on, yeah. go on. Because when she says, speaking of the fairy tales, she's like, I think it just bothered me because I felt like this is my fairy tale. And I was like, why can't we show the happy ending? Why do we have to focus on this? She says she understands, you know, the, the, the messy drama is what the show is about. It's why people watch it. Yes. And, and it's true because... When when we knew they got engaged, the first thing everybody thought about is, oh, how's Scott going to take this? Yes. Because we know he already had complained about her and Travis being so public with their, their PDA and everything. Uh, because otherwise, it's just an engagement. Yes. And, and Travis Barker, the thing is, you know, he's such a good guy, such a nice guy, has always been that. That's not as interesting to people. Of course not. It's like, even though he's a celebrity and it's kind of neat that he's from this emo rock band of the 90s and he's now with a Kardashian, there are neat elements to it, but not very interesting ones, it, ultimately. It, it, they not, get yeah, along. there's not a story there. Once we knew right. they were dating, like, and Courtney is kind of the, the nicest or least dramatic of, of the family, I think. And so you have the nice Kardashian and the nice rock guy had a nice relationship and got engaged. Like, good for them. Where's the but, spark? But you don't want to watch a show about you it. You don't want to watch a show. And part of what bothers me about this podcast is her sort of feigning naivete about what reality television is, even though they're one of the progenitors of mo modern yeah. reality television. The whole point of it is rubbernecking a car crash, right? This, the, the point of reality television that they crystallize is that we like to watch people in conflict. And and that is why the Real Housewives exist. That is what reality television is. I guess the Osbournes sort of started that. You wanted to see the family fighting. Yeah, you, you didn't need, want you to need see the them table going to flipping Disneyland. and the wine glass throwing. That's why people watch these shows. And she's and, an, to, the, to the credit of the of the podcaster, the host, they ask her, they're like, well, you're an executive producer of the show. Don't you give notes? And she says, yes. You know, I gave notes on, on these segments, but they weren't taken. It's not that they weren't taken. It's that you kind of knew. You sort of wanted to maybe make a gesture towards like, maybe we could highlight some of the pleasant aspects of Travis and I 
private relationship, but they're trying to get a show. They're they're trying to get ratings, and yeah, the ratings it's, it's are like, where the conflict is. Yeah, when you when you if you're the the producer or the editor of that show, and you have you know dramatic shots of Scott Disick upset about this, or you have Courtney picking out you know ivory or eggshell napkins for the wedding. Which one are you going to go with? Of course. And and look. It, and they, she knows that. They She knows that. That's what, uh, it's a plea for candor. Come on. Come on, Courtney. And also, they are fabulously wealthy at this point. If they don't want to have their lives on display and all the messiness and the drama of their lives, they don't need to. They're, they're, they've got they plenty don't. of money. She can live her fairy tale completely out of the public eye. But if you want to make a television show for Hulu that wants eyeballs, you're going to have to include Scott Disick not really being keen on you uh, uh, yeah. with Travis. Otherwise, like you said, just run your businesses run your and business. stop doing a show. Totally. They could totally do that. They could, be But they're not going people, to. But they're not going to. Because they are part of the attention economy and to gain attention, you need conflict. That is sort of a core tenet of reality television so when i listen to this stuff i sort of I, I just my eyes are so far behind my head that i can't unroll them at times and i have to be i have to sort of wake up but, and say but oh. the, the bottom line always every time we do a story like this they still win because they win we're still here talking about how she's unhappy with how it was portrayed yeah look at what kanye has to do for us to pay attention to him he's got to put a white lives matter shirt <laughs> all she has to do is go on a podcast and say oh i didn't want uh, my eh, they didn't my, show my fairy they tale didn't show my engagement i mean it's remarkable <laughs> how much we still care deeply about this family um let's move on to this is a this is an interesting story. So the fan that ran out on the field, uh, or not a fan, he was an activist. He was an activist. An activist ran on, on, on a football field during Monday Night Football, one of the most televised uh, events every week in football. And he had a, a pink spray can full was, of smoke. It was, it was like pink smoke was coming out. Yes. It and was he, clearly And he was shirtless and ran through. And uh, some of the, the Rams players knocked him down. Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Uh, and Tack McKinley. Uh, so this guy is now filing a police report that it was very clearly assault. <sighs> it is, but for one, we should because people hear this and they think, oh, these giant football players in their gear tackled this shirtless guy. That's right. They didn't tackle him. No, when you they see the video to the ground. They they pushed him down. Yeah, and. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't line up, wrap him up, and it, it didn't seem like they were trying to hurt him. It seemed like they were trying to stop him, and and that's different to this me. This seemed like necessary roughness. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's know, it, it is because you don't. They don't know who this guy is. Right. Why he's smoking? I mean, yeah, it's bright pink, and yes. when you watch it as a video clip, it's sort of ridiculous. But in the moment, somebody comes running in front of you, smoking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna at least knock them down to detain them. Yeah. No, I I think the. The whole question of of the criminality of this or pressing charges and and whether there'll be a civil lawsuit that he files for being injured is was what Bobby Wagner did proportional to the threat that was posed. And I think it probably was in this case. That's what we look at. Look, if 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 he had tackled him hard and sort of laid him down and beat him, obviously that's too much. That's you've too already much. you've already diffused the threat. You can't like lay a beating on the guy just because you don't like him. But if you're just stopping the person from running across the field because he may pose a, a danger to uh, other other athletes or spectators, I think it's probably okay. And I think this will sort of backfire on the organization. Look. It, the, this guy Alex Taylor is an activist. He's trying to raise awareness, so keeping the story it, in the news by pressing charges. Thing, and and why he said he did it was to draw attention to a trial where two other animal rights activists uh, were were facing charges now for stealing pigs from a farm that were going to be slaughtered. Fine, perfectly noble. He wants to draw attention to, to that, and he's done that. Yes, and he's. I think, but this is maybe the price you pay for that. I think this is the price you pay. I think he also might be cagey enough to know that this isn't really going anywhere. The guy didn't really hurt me, but this keeps my story in the well, news for another cycle. Now you are reading deeply on my. He says uh, he says he suffered a, a burn on his arm 
from your from smoke, your machine. smoke <laughs> machine. The yes. thing you did. Exactly. Put a shirt on. Don't put. Don't have a smoke machine. I think that's right. I think uh, Alex Taylor is probably a little bit cagey enough to know that now everyone is looking at the next level of this, which is my message, which is about raising awareness for this the, these charges from stealing two pigs in 2017. Yeah. And so he's getting his story out there in another cycle. I don't think any criminal case, I don't think any civil case will really go anywhere, but kudos to him for like carrying a narrative. You know, this, his message aside, the thing I think activists who are trying to get attention for these kind of things mm-hmm. now, if you do a stunt like this, because you know the bigger the stunt, like the, the smoke and all that, the more you're going to get noticed. But you also got to remember, we live in a world now where there are mass shootings and bombings in public events all the time. People are a lot more on edge about that. Of and course. You are risking a lot of harm. Absolutely. To yourself by doing something like that. Absolutely. Look, I mean, this is we live in a civilization where everyone's on edge, as as you said. And, and, and so a public, you have to be a public gathering like that, you don't know what somebody's going to do. Yeah. I'm and we sh- all know that now. It used to, I think you know, it used to be we lived in a world where you just assume that's not gonna happen. And now maybe you still think well, that's likely not gonna happen, but it could. Right. And if somebody gives you any reason to think it might happen, you're gonna react accordingly. Let me ask you, is this different? He came out with this this smoke bomb, which we didn't know what it was at the time. Obviously, it looked like pink smoke, and he's just trying to sort of uh, you know, be loud and visible. But what if the person was just streaking, purely naked, a drunk fan, and Bobby Wagner lit them up? I think it'd be a different case. It's a little bit different. That's not a threatening person in terms of physical danger. That's a clown who you need to detain yeah. and you need to send security out to rank. You could also them. still knock them down if you like, not, not not tackle them, but just when you see the video, they they just push the guy. Yeah, and he was running, so he was a little off balance as he went by anyway, and they were just like, nope. Yeah, I think it's a closer case. That guy is very strong, and knocking someone down when they're when they're literally just sort of running across a field naked, I think you maybe leave that to security, but. This isn't that case. This guy yeah. looked like he could potentially pose a, a threat to. The, to like people, I said, so. watching the video, you you and knowing the context of it, you can see that. But if you're just a player on the sidelines and somebody's smoking, like looks yes. like on fire, comes running by you, no. Pretty rich that he's saying he was burned by the smoke. Yeah, that he but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> if you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Macy's, Adidas, and Walmart, and even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. So download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Uh, let's move on. Uh, there's a little uh, little history lesson in this one. So Meghan Markle is now drawing comparisons to a very famous uh, Time Person of the Year, actually, or back yeah. in the back in the 30s and 30s and 40s. Yeah, yeah. around then. Um, uh, Wallace Simpson. You've heard of Wallace Simpson. Wallace Simpson is who King. Edward, Edward the Eighth abdicated the throne of England to uh, fulfill his romance with Wallace so Simpson. Wallace Simpson is, in, in a broad sense, is kind of why Queen Elizabeth became the queen. Yes, because her husband, the king, directly why they, gave yeah. up the throne to marry her. His brother became the king. George. He died. His daughter Elizabeth became queen. Right. So this is this was Elizabeth's who just passed away. Queen Elizabeth's uncle, and it is Harry's great. Uncle. Grand uncle, however, yeah. however you want to put it. Uh, and, and Wallace Simpson was uh, an actress. Yes. A divorcee. It was very scandalous at the time for the king to date this woman. Uh, a lot of similarities to Megan Meghan's Markle. Megan's a divorcee. An actress. Yes. 
Um, Society so, has moved enough that that her being a divorcee wasn't the wasn't the motivating factor no. behind them leaving the royal family. We're much more progressive now, even the royal family. But it on is those it issues. is just it's funny but, but the, the parallels. The parallels yes. So there's a, these photos have come out of Meghan Markle wearing an outfit that looks just like Wallace when Wallace Simpson wore, and it's not just people are like oh it's it's a red blouse and red pants. Well, that's pretty generic. Yes. But the style of it, and there's a scarf that's like it's swooped around fabric. her neck. Yeah. In the exact same way, and her hair's up in the same way that Wallace Simpson's is. Look, is this an accident, or is this very, very intentional on the part of Meghan Markle? I would say very intentional. It, it it's seems too intentional, much. because yeah. most people you think, oh, come on, like Wallace Simpson is a footnote in history, but she's not something that everybody knows, and certainly not what, I didn't know what outfits Wallace Simpson wore or how she wore her hair. But Meghan But knows. Meghan Markle does, because yes. she had to know, when you... That's not just like, you know, a tabloid thing for her. That's the life she's married into. Yes. And Wallace Simpson, it was it was her husband's grandmother's uncle. Like, it's not like Me- it's not like a, a king from like the 1400s. Meghan Markle is distinctly aware that her life has echoes of Wallace Simpson. She's she, heard she, that she before. She is. This is. And she's a very bright woman, and she's aware of the context in which uh, the, this is not the first time this comparison has been made. This was made and, when, when they and, left and again, the royal and, family. And Wallace Simpson's not a completely obscure figure. Like, they, no. she was on The Crown. There's an, an actress playing her. She was, she in was the a King person speech. of the year. <laughs> yeah, well, 80 years ago. Fair but, enough. But in, in recent but times, in the Charles past Lindbergh decade, was too, and he's she's, a big deal. she's been in media multiple times. She was in an Oscar-winning movie. She's been on The Crown, which is an yes. incredibly watched show. Wallace Simpson's name has come up more in the past 10 years than any time it has probably since the 1930s. Yes. So so now let so so take me through this. I am assuming and I think it's a fairly safe assumption that this was an intentional act by Meghan Markle to, you know, let's say echo. it is. Let's for the say sake it of is. argument. Let's say it is for the <laughs> sake of argument. Uh, what do you make of that? Why do it? Is she trying to in- inflame matters further? Obviously, the family is in some sort of state of disarray. Even with the passing of the queen, it's not clear that Harry and William will reconcile. It actually looks like they won't reconcile. Why is she fanning the flames of this? Assuming I she is. I don't know if she is. Because but. Wallace Simpson, maybe, maybe she's trying to say, because you, like you said, it's the, Wallace Simpson being a divorcee and all that isn't as villainized now no. as it was then. So maybe Megan's trying to be like, your history, don't villainize the- me because you, you've forgiven her, forgive me. Maybe. Oh, interesting. I, I, you know, oh, like, like okay. Wallace Simpson's image has sort of been rehabbed a little bit Somewhat, over the years. Yeah. So maybe she's like, and think and about th- me now the way you probably will in 80 years. Yes. I, now, now, she needs some time because Wallace Simpson and, and the former King Edward uh, stayed together. Like that, that was sort of the story that got lost is was he leaving for a whirlwind romance with an American actress? But they ended up having a long and, also, and stable marriage. If, watch those comparisons. Wasn't Edward like sort of a Nazi sympathizer? Yeah, he had some, <laughs> like, he, had some he had some tough like sort yeah, of rumors some, that swirled there, around there's him. There's some as other well. problems there with, with with Edward, but yeah, I, I look. I think that's a favorable read of what Megan is. That's the doing. favorable read. Yes, I also think somewhat she's she's part of this larger project. Part of what Megan seems to be wanting to do is to drag the royal family, kicking and screaming sometimes into the 21st century, and she's sort of. In a way, we've talked a lot about provocation with what Kanye is doing. I think she's more thoughtful about her provocation. I think she is she is deliberately doing this, but it's a way to sort of confront these issues. The royal family has a checkered history, as you said. The, they have you know, a checkered present. A checkered present. <laughs> they're, they're very they're very traditional, and traditions don't change quickly over time. They actually, you know, very incrementally have moved towards modernity. And she's saying, "Look, and lots I'm of a things black about Meghan married Markle, a white yeah. prince. You got to deal with that." I'm yeah. kind of like Wallace Simpson. I was a divorcee. She's thrusting a lot of that in their face. She's not British. She's like, not British. There's lots She's of an things American. that could be upsetting to them, and and just the the tradition of it. And maybe that is her like her project. Like I like 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 Wallace Simpson. I famously am changing the the whole outlook of what the royal family 
is and can be. Yeah, and some people think that's great, and some people are turned off by her, and it's it's just it's a, trolling to them. It, it, and it, it seems it, like it trolling, is trolling to some people. Yeah. So anyway, we'll have to see. But I found this sort of like pretty 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 shocking that she went sort of directly uh, yeah, into it was, Wallace. It was very specific. Uh, Halloween coming up. Fun story. I love. I this. love this. So uh, a family in Illinois had a Stranger Things display in their front yard. That is very elaborate and very impressive. Yes, um, and some it's neighbors really complained. It's a thing this past season. It's a yes, reference it's, it's the to current this season. Most recent season. And uh, some neighbors complained. They took it down. Now they are putting it back up. Although I'm hearing they're only going to do it on the weekends and not during the week because too many people are coming to see it because it's that impressive. This is some uh, David Copperfield stuff. It is. So, it's so spoiler for Stranger Things, the current season, if you haven't watched it, uh, the character Max on the show, the, the, the redheaded girl. So there's a scene where famously she's in a graveyard and she gets possessed by this demon and she starts floating up into the air and just suspends in the air. Yes. They have Max floating in their front yard and there's a, a video. A life-size sort of dummy yes, with red hair. it's really hair. creepy looking. Yeah. And it's, they walk underneath it and you see there's, it's not on a pole. Yes. And it's, it's also moving laterally. So it's A little a bit. Pole. And it's not on a string because there's nothing above it. Blue sky above. How is this thing floating in their yard? And they are not saying how they're doing it. But people are coming from far and wide to see this. I think what one the of the only neighbors, conclusion is magic. It's magic. There's no drones. It's not like there's a sort of drones on the side of her that are lifting her up. It, you don't hear anything. They, these people eerie. must be some sort of magician. This family, <laughs> literally, like they must know how it works. You know the thing, like when a magician makes somebody levitate and they move yeah. the metal rings over them to show there's no wires. It's kind of like that. Uh, one of the things the I haven't been complained this about, sort of surprised since David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Yeah, it's like it's, how it's how, how are you doing this? Yeah. Um, and also, I've read that during the day, they, they have, like, the graveyard scene set up in New York. Because they have a lot of things. They have Vecna's weird grandfather clocks and all kinds of creepy stuff. But they have Max sitting in a graveyard during the day, and then she floats up, and they have her floating at night. It's so good, and it's so eerie, too, because it's it's from behind. And the scene is, it's it's literally a recreation of Stranger Things when, when, when Vecna lifts her up. It's a very powerful scene. That's where the, the Kate Bush song is That's why is Running Up That Hill so becomes forth, such a like, hit. Later than that. So it's very, very iconic, and it's unclear to me how it's done. It is just well, magic. That's it's perfect for Halloween. Interesting is usually when you see a story about somebody doing something for Halloween and their neighbors complain, it's because it's too gory yeah. or it's too violent. That's not the case with this. It's The problem with neighbors is it's too good. Yeah. So a neighbor complained that people are parking in her driveway and w- trampling across her lawn to come look at this. Yeah, and try to feel underneath Because everybody it wants so to see it. So. It's, it's the coolest thing. We have a lot of Halloween houses in our neighborhood. Nothing. We have the giant skeletons. Those are always fun yeah. to see. But it ma- this makes me want to go to Illinois and you see gotta, this You got to do some actual like magic tricks now. It's, it's remarkable. All right. Last story of the day. Let's move Your on favorite. to my favorite story of the day. So the chess grandmaster, Hans Niemann, remember that name? Yes. He's a big name because he was accused of cheating in a tournament in St. Louis and beating Magnus Carlsen, who is the world-renowned greatest chess player on earth at present and maybe ever. Uh, well, when he beat him, there were some swirling like This is like you beating LeBron James in one on one It really is. It really is. I mean, this is a 19-year-old kid. He is a chess grandmaster. He's very good at chess, yeah. but he beat the he beat LeBron. Okay? Yeah. And there were a lot of rumors uh, swirling that he cheated. And the way that people thought he might have cheated is that he put some sort of device into uh, anal beads, put them into his rectum, and then would have signals sent to him about the appropriate move. Now, uh, you know, chess behind a, a computer can beat a human playing chess. It just has more computational sort of, um, you know, uh, yeah, it can compute it's a computer. More. It's a computer, okay, <laughs> than, than any human brain. So this would be an effective way um, to and he, beat and someone. And Hans Diamond had admitted to cheating in the past. That's right. He had been kicked out of tournaments in the past, so there were there was a lot of smoke but, there. But <laughs> there was smoke coming out of where? Uh, but 
he, it was they never found it. This was never proven. This was just a theory. That's right. And he and he, and, he, and he's denied it. He denied it. He said, "Look, I didn't cheat. You're just saying this because little old me, 19 year old chess grandmaster, beat the greatest in the world, and you're unwilling to accept it. So you're finding a reason to call me a cheater." Well, there's another tournament, and he's we have a video. Uh, you know, after 9/11, you know, airport security changed <laughs> you're quite a bit. This to 9/11 now. <laughs> it okay. feels like these are the changes that come in because he's standing in line, and everyone is being scanned. The person in front of him is being scanned by a wand on their front. When Hans Niemann comes up... Where do they scan? Take a look at where they scan him. <gasps> and that is an interesting scanner. i got to ask him about it. Looks like it's got all kinds of impressive settings. Yes, and we also can see now on our screens Hans Niemann. He, everybody is checked carefully. The chief arbiter for the oh, ladies. Arena. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And Arena is like, <laughs> come <waiting>. on! <laughs> come on! Let's get going. And you see there's somebody else. Um, so it's remarkable. The visual is incredible because Hans turns around and the get, wand goes right past his butt butt. <laughs> his butt butt? I say butt butt in my house. Yeah, you're the father of small children. Um, and you're a small child yourself. <laughs> yeah, he got the uh, backside scan. He gets the backside scan. And this nothing is good happens. for chess. The yeah. integrity of chess uh, matters. And this is a small price to pay. But don't you kind of wish as they're waving his backside, it just goes whoop, whoop. I really did want to <laughs> hear like, <laughs> <laughs> and then someone to get a rubber glove and be like, it's time for time yeah. for a cavity search. Um, so so great, great story. Look, it does seem to scan clean. So whatever the results of this tournament, Hans Niemann will have earned them. I don't think he is, um, you know, sort of bringing in anything, at least in his butt. But Unless they're always- plastic, right? Unless they're plastic. I guess that's right. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. No, no your, your brain know. always goes to like Magneto. How did Magneto get around yeah, the plastic no. prison? You have yeah. to figure out uh, new and exciting ways. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, we'll end on uh, anal beads. All right. That's a good place to end, <laughs> I guess. See you guys on it's Friday. It's a happy ending. Take care.